Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am ZN. We got a great show planned for you. We are talking about James Harden and whether he can revert back to form now that he's gotten paid again. We're talking about the fallout of the all-star break in Major League Baseball and where we go from here. And we are ordering up the AFC West. But we're going to start with the weather. Okay, the weather. It is hot here in the Northeast. And what better way to spend a hot day than with some soccer training? I had the amazing opportunity today to go to the NYCFC soccer training in Orangeburg on behalf of the Austin AYSO partnership. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It was a blast. I got to watch how the boys train. I got to see how Coach Cushing is running the ship. And I got to meet Maxi Morales, Tati Castellanos, Malte Amundsen, Eber, Talisman. A wide range of the lads. And they could not have been more gracious. It could not have been a better time. And speaking of a better time, clearly it is not a better time than now for the San Francisco 49ers because they have granted Jimmy Garoppolo and his agents the permission to seek a trade. So this must mean that they saw enough in Trey Lance that they are more than willing to move on from the oft-injured yet consistently winning quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. And it makes you wonder, right, now that mini camps are going to, now the training camps are going to be opening, who is going to trade? And what does this trade look like? I mean, you had the Russell Wilson trade with Denver. It brought back Drew Locke. No offense. More players picked. The Baker Mayfield trade was for a bag of bones and, and maybe some uh, some barbecue sauce. You figure that a Jimmy Garoppolo trade is going to fetch somewhere in between, considering the fact that he has been to a Super Bowl. When he plays, his team wins, and he puts up numbers. Like, would Jimmy be willing at this point in his career to just say, hey, you know, let me go back up Tom Brady in Tampa Bay again? Because Brady may retire and I might finally get the keys to the kingdom after Tom calls it a career. Am I more inclined to go compete for a starting job with a team like, uh, say, the Giants? Maybe, maybe the Chicago Bears call. Maybe they want somebody to push Justin Fields a little bit. Maybe, I don't know, the Atlanta Falcons aren't happy that they only have Marcus Mariota. Maybe they give the Niners a call about Jimmy G. I don't know. 
it remains to be seen but this adds another layer to an already interesting training camp we're going to see a lot of position battles we're going to see a lot of quarterback controversy and this just adds to it and here he is i've known this guy since our days on carousel shoes flight crew through and through the last qb in st john's history what's up d how's it going man yeah what an interesting development there i mean they're pretty the 49ers i've seen enough and they believe in the guy they drafted he's showing that he can be the leader and they're like yo jimmy you go go for it man you go get it because we're done trying and um, like you said, it, it's probably going to become a bag of bones. I mean, I thought it'd be like a third round pick or, you know, a fifth. But no, it might be as low as a six or a seven, you know, because they're probably going to have to cut them unless someone gets hurt. Um, and if I'm Jimmy, the first place I'm calling is Atlanta. Like, that's where you got to get on the phone and say, hey, man. I'm going to come in and I'll compete with Marcus Mariota. They're loaded offensively, right? I mean, they don't have a running back, but Kyle Pitts is probably a top five tight end. Uh, They just drafted the kid London from USC to be their wide receiver. Um, So they've got talent. Uh, and they're in a division that's up for grabs, right? There's no, there's no hundred percent the Bucks are going to take that. No. The Saints have Jameis Winston coming back. Carolina's got two quarterbacks from three years ago. <laughs> so, you know, and then the other phone call I make is to Seattle, right? That's the other phone call because to me, the people are the other, the other places are all set. I wouldn't want. I mean, Jimmy's a Chicago guy, so I don't know if going to Chicago benefits anybody. Because it sucks there. If you're a quarterback, you know, who wants to throw the ball in the winter in Chicago, right? To those receivers. To those receivers, right. So, um, you know, maybe the Colts, I think, are good. We're still waiting for what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. You know, just find out how, what his, but they seem content with going with Jacoby Brissett. I I don't know if they're going to pay it. And Jimmy, it's a one-year deal. So... You know, uh, and I, I disagree with you. I don't think I don't think Tom wants Jimmy G anywhere near him because I mean he got him out of he got him out of Foxborough. He's he doesn't want he doesn't want Jimmy G behind him. He likes you know being the biggest dog in the in the doghouse. So it remains to be seen. No, definitely, and this is going to be a very intriguing. And because you, you never know about injuries as well, right? Dak Prescott could blow out his Achilles tomorrow. You know, Carson Wentz can go out on a back injury again. And all of a sudden, Jimmy G's value goes through the roof. And it's going to happen, right? We know it. We've we've been around this sport long enough to know that five teams are going to lose their starting quarterback to an injury. Maybe not a serious injury, but to an injury where they're going to need a solid backup to play behind it. You know what I mean? What about Philly? Philly's a good spot. I mean, Jalen Jalen is, you know, you, you want to go somewhere where he's going to push somebody. I mean, like you said, Jimmy G wins wherever he goes. He wins. He's a winner. I got uh, one for you. How about Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm from Jimmy, if I'm jumping up at that one. They don't got really anybody to throw the ball to there. They're, they've pretty much come out and 
with the moves they made in the offseason, everything points to them running the ball. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's re- he's recovering from a shoulder injury. And, you know, I don't even think that's what really hurt him in this. I just don't think there's a market. There's just no market for Jimmy G. There's no market for his skill set. There's no market for what he brings to the table. Well, there's certainly a market for this gentleman, Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. Your reigning, defending 2022 Home Run Derby champion eclipsed the All-Star game, having recently rejected the Nationals' 15-year... I'm just going to say this again for emphasis. 15-year, $40 million offer. He politely declined. Like, no, no, no. change. You know. Excuse me. You can find that in your couch, sir. The Nats are now willing to listen on their All-Star outfielder World Series champion and home run derby champ. What will it take to get this deal done and what team makes it happen, D? Yeah, I mean for me, the first the first team that came to my mind is the New York Yankees. And he's the guy that you spend the big money on. It's just it's not Aaron Judge. I mean, did you see the size of Soto? He's mm-hmm. huge. And he's got range, he can play center field. He can hit. He's ready. Won a World Series on a team that lost their best player, right? I mean, Harper left, and they won. Um, and you're gonna have the best. You're gonna probably have the best center fielder, or top five, or top three center fielder in the league. I think they come in heavy with a seven, with a ten-year, five hundred million dollar contract with an opt-out, with an opt-out after seven years. What's gonna, I think that's what they're going with. I think that's what he's getting. In terms of prospects, though, who are you trading? Like, I mean, you have Volpe, you have Dominguez, you have Peraza. Like, what are your... If you are Mike Rizzo, you're calling Brian Cashman and saying what? Yeah, so... You're, I don't. I think the phone call has to go the other way around. I think, I think the Nationals are fielding calls. I don't think they're going to be making calls. Hmm. Um, and they know... They know the teams they want to deal with. I want to talk to San Francisco. I want to talk to the Yankees. And I want to talk to the Cubs. Those are the teams I want to talk to. Because those are the teams that are going to, you know, make a splash. Because they got to make a splash. They're in big markets. Like, you know, you're not listening to calls from the Rockies. You're also probably listening to the Dodgers, right? Yep. I think the the Dodgers farm team, farm system is pretty much depleted. But... You know, I think if you're Cashman, you don't know what prospects are going to be. Look at Kalinic and look at the struggles that he's having, right? You don't you don't know how Dominguez is going to turn out. You don't know how Volpe is going to turn out. You know how any of these guys going to turn out. Um, you know what Soto is at 24 years old. We know what he is. He's a star. He's a stud. I think he hit like 70, what he hit, 81 home runs yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so Just yesterday. Just yesterday. Just yesterday. So, uh, and he he's Dominican. He's of Dominican descent. He's going to relate a lot to the people in the Bronx. Um, and, you know, I don't, I can't remember the last time the Yankees had a star center fielder. Yes, Aaron Judge plays center field, but he's not a center fielder. So, yeah, that's, that's who my money's on. I and agree. Then Ju- and then Judge goes to San Francisco. 
I agree with you in that regard. Aaron Judge is a right fielder or left fielder playing center field. They need somebody. I mean, Judge has done an admirable job, but Juan Soto definitely provides more range. It also allows you to get Giancarlo Stanton into either left field or your everyday DH. Now, in terms of prospects, if you are looking for solely a prospect deal, you got to listen to, you have to at least kick the tires on a trade with the Mets. Because I understand that he's in division and that's not something that teams are wanting to do. As a Met fan, I don't want to do it. Because you have that, always that lingering kind of doubt, you know? Like, it's going to take Alvarez, Beatty, Allen, Mauricio, Vientos, and probably Jeff McNeil. That, for one player, yes, 15 years of a great player, and Juan Soto is a great player. But I'm not going to dispute that Juan Soto is a great player. A career 293 hitter, 118 home runs, and he's not even 25 yet. You know, elite-level defender... I don't, that just seems a little too rich for my blood. But, uh, you know, and there's also no guarantee that you're going to sign him. Like, you may give up the farm, and then he gets swooped up by the Angels, or he gets swooped up by the Dodgers, or the Astros, or the Cubs, because he's a free agent. He can go, he can walk. Like, he can walk. That's dangerous. If yeah, you, you, can't play, you can't play the Lindor game with him. If you trade, you gotta get that extension. So you gotta get that. You gotta get that contract signed. Right. I know that that ink needs to be dry. No bullshit about that. You're going into the offseason. You're gonna test the market. If you're gonna test the market, I'm not giving up six players for you. Like I'm not doing that. So the Mets make the most sense from a prospect standpoint. From an intrigue standpoint, I gotta say. I, I think the Astros could possibly pull off a trade of this magnitude, you know? They definitely can deal from the minor league system. They can def- they can deal from their major league roster. And they can get, you know, they can get a player of Juan Soto's caliber. Because then you're looking at teams like the Mariners. You're looking at teams like the Orioles. Like, they're realizing their potential now. But... They're not good enough to subtract five and add one as good as Juan Soto is. But I also just I just don't even know if he'd go there. Like I don't he he would just not play. He would just not report. Like I don't know if I don't know if he would even go there, you know. I don't know. It's definitely I mean, it would be very interesting to see because that's another thing though, the inter you know, the DMV rivalry between the Orioles and the Nationals, while it has cooled off because of the, the TV network getting taken care of, you never want to deal. It's like the Yankees and the Mets making a trade. Like, it doesn't really happen because the other team doesn't want to get fleeced. And next thing you know, you're on the back page, you know, with your nose being rubbed in, getting fleeced. Um, would the Braves be willing to do that? You'd have to give up a guy like Strider. You'd have to give up... You know, you probably have to give up quality players to pull the trigger on that. I don't know. I don't know what the Dodgers farm system is anymore, especially after the Turner-Scherzer deal. Yes, you got Scherzer. Yes, you got Turner. But you gave up Ruiz. You gave up Gray. I mean, 
that's a lot of prospects, and I don't, I don't see anybody on the major league roster that they'd be willing to deal back to the Nationals. Like, <laughs> would they be willing to trade Trey Turner back? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, you know, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of speculation, and then as always, the Padres. You can never discount them, especially if they decide to finally deal off a guy like Mackenzie Gore. So we will definitely see where that goes. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. But the All-Star game is behind us. The American League won their ninth straight, 3-2 to two over the Nats after back-to-back home runs off of Tony Gonsolin. Giancarlo Stanton of the Yankees and the MVP of the All-Star game and Byron Buxton went back-to-back. But that game's behind us. The second half officially starts tomorrow. What storylines are you following going forward, D? Yeah, just quickly on the All-Star game, though, I enjoyed the uniforms. I like the uniforms a lot. I like and the American I, League more. I gotta say, I like the American League more. Yeah, I like the uniforms. Um, I thought I thought it was cool John Carlos Stanton hitting a home run after talking about, like, that's where he used to sit in the left field bleachers when he would go to Dodger games. So for, him, for it to come full circle for him, for him to get to the All-Star game in L.A., hit a home run where he used to sit, and then win the MVP award. I thought that was pretty cool. Even though I think Buxton should have got it because he hit the go-ahead home run, the one that won, you know, kind of decided who won the game. But that's that's fine. Um, I was, I was, I mean, we talked about it during the week. I was pretty pissed off that Gosselin gave up his starting, his starting spot to Kershaw. I thought that was bullshit, but everyone seemed all nostalgic and seemed to say that it was like the right thing to do. I wanted to see what exactly happened to Gosselin. He was exploited and he got crushed by, you know, major league hitters that were (laughs) waiting for him. But after talking about that, I mean, I'm following a lot of things through the the second half of the season. The first thing I want to see is I want to see if three teams in the AL East make the playoffs. You know, right now, all five teams are over 500, which is incredible, right? If you think about how far the O's have come. Um, Toronto fired their manager, and they're in second place. Manoa looks like lights out in the All-Star game. So I'm interested to see that. The next thing I want to see is I want to see who comes out of the Central. The Twins, the Guardians, the White Sox, they're all within a couple of games of each other. Um, I really think it's going to come down to the last week of the season. And listen, if a team like the Twins wins that division after they traded away everybody, good for them. I, I want to see, I actually want to see them win it. Um, the third thing I'm following is Tatis Jr. is coming back. Um, you know, I want to see if he's able to help the Padres, you know, chip in, chip, chip against that 10 game lead the Dodgers have. And then the last thing I'm looking at is like, you know, despite a 14 game win streak, the Mariners are still nine games behind the Astros. So I want to see if the All-Star game trips up the Mariners and I want to see how much they can close that gap. What I'm looking for, I'm looking for the Mariners as well, because they were equatorially hot, right? The 14 game winning streak 
yeah, it definitely crazy. it announces their presence with authority. Julio Rodriguez showed up on a national stage and announced his presence with authority. It makes you wonder what they're going to be moving forward because who is their GM? Depoto. Uh, De Jerry Depoto. Trader Jerry. How is Trader Jerry going to fuck this up? That's how I want that, you know, that's what I want to know. Because Jerry Depoto has the innate ability to take something good and ruin it by tweaking it. Well, they've been competing, though. Like, we, we, we trash the moves he's made. But listen, they're competing. And this is the second year in a row that they're they're in it. And um, their pitching has come around a lot quicker than anybody thought it would. And they're getting they're getting uh, they're getting a lot of help from players that we kind of discounted and dismissed. And they're in a, they're in a shit division, but they're beating teams that are better than them. So I mean, yeah, Trader Jerry and you know he, he's a shit sometimes, but listen, they're they're playing good baseball. They're playing good baseball, but you know chemistry is a real thing, right? We we know this. You remove somebody from that locker room and you put somebody new into the mix and all of a sudden what was once promising can flush itself down the toilet if we look at for example what happened last year with the Mets and Javier Baez you introduce Javier Baez into that locker room and all of a sudden it's not what it once was another I mean I'm looking at the Orioles the Orioles were rolling they're at 500 now for the first time in for God, God knows when the last time the Baltimore Orioles were relevant. And I want to see, like, you feel like these guys aren't, you know, you're, you're, you have your Adley Rushmans, you have your Cedric Mullinses, you have guys like Dean Kramer in your rotation. You know, Trey Mancini was once destined to be out of town, but now, you know, now they're 500, maybe Trey Mancini sticks around. Are the Orioles going to add at the August 2nd trade deadline? Are they going to make a run at this this new wild card, this third wild card? I, I don't know that, but we are going to see about that. The Central you mentioned, I'm looking, I'm really looking at the, um, the National League Central. Because once again, it's a two-horse race in St. Louis. Who's going to make it happen first? Now, can Juan Soto somehow make his way into a Cardinal uniform? Because you have a guy like Dylan Carlson, Matthew Libertor. You have you have prospects in the lower minors that you can possibly you know trigger a deal on that. And next thing you know, Juan Soto is terrorizing that division for a decade. And you know, last but not least, I am definitely interested in Jacob Degrom. Like, what is Jacob Degrom gonna be? He already had to be postponed he had to be pushed back from his scheduled rehab start from Tuesday to Thursday so is he actually going to play this year if he's not going to play then the Mets need to go get another arm they probably need another arm anyway but I am looking to see how Jacob DeGrom bounces back and how you can use him if he can't go long then you make him the best goddamn setup you make him John Smoltz you make him John Smoltz He's your setup guy to Diaz, or he's your fucking closer. Like one, you know, if he can't go long, then he needs he needs to be in the bullpen to shore up that bullpen. 
Imagine that. Max Scherzer goes seven, right? DeGrom comes out of the pen to go eight, and then Diaz goes nine? Like, that's pretty that's pretty formidable. You would have to admit that. I can't just, I can't believe you're snooping to this level of saying that he's got to come in and be a, a short guy or a setup man. Dude, that's not going to happen, and that should not be acceptable by you as a Met fan. Like, you need this guy to come in and stud. You're paying him to do it. He's, he's the face of the franchise. That that whole nonsense of he's only pitching to, like, six or seven guys, that's not going to work, man. It worked for Mariano Rivera. So it he's worked for John Mar- Smoltz. He's not Mariano Rivera. And he's not John Smoltz. You know this. He's not that. He's not those guys. Here's the thing. Guys. Here is the thing. If he cannot go long, then he needs to go short. Because you need him on the field in any way possible. So if that's what he's going to be, then you have to get him on the field. Now, he needs to go pick another profession if he can't do it. If he can't do it, there's no way that's going to work. The only way that Mets win the World Series, get to the World Series, or compete in the playoffs is if their one-two punch is DeGrom and Scherzer. If it's not DeGrom and Scherzer, then they're not going anywhere. And it's just a waste of this was a waste of a season. Because now next year, Scherzer's a year older and DeGrom I mean, it's July, dude. Like what the fuck, man? Where have you been? Like get out here and compete. Even if he started pitching tomorrow, he's not gonna have his legs under him until August. No, he's not. Absolutely. This is and so this is and and Good, good, good lord! Could you imagine him taking the mound and then wincing after he throws one of his pitches? Yes, because it's happened yes, twice. Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. I flew back last year from Denver, and he left the game with an injury, and I was almost—I was on the friggin' railway to the airport, and I almost screamed. So <laughs> I almost you can, screamed. I almost <laughs> screamed. So, yes, I've lived this before. So, if that's the only way I can get Jacob DeGrom on the mound, dude, then he's going to have, forget the Jabba rules. It's going to be the Jacob rules. Like, oh, this is gosh. what's going to happen. That? That I, rem- dude? I, I remember oh, Jabba. I, I remember Jabba the This hunt. guy. We love youth sports. Not only do they get the kids out and active, but they promote teamwork, sportsmanship, friendship, and fair play. One of the Fade Route's favorite youth sport partners is Asning AYSO Soccer. Their mission is to develop and deliver quality, player-centered youth soccer programs that promote a fun, fair, family environment where everyone is welcome and everyone plays. If you have a child between ages 4 and 18, Registration for Fall 2022, Spring 2023 season is open. To sign up or to volunteer as a coach or referee, go to AYSO201.org today. The more volunteers, the more children can enjoy the AYSO soccer experience. Go to AYSO201.org today for more information or to sign up. AYSO201.org. More soccer for more kids. In other more sordid news, the Houston Texans settled 30 of the lawsuits stemming from the Deshaun Watson saga. In a statement, 30, 30. It's like, 
We're just going to make this go away. How much will it take? What's your name again? Can you just spell that? Actually, you know what? You just write your name. Just write it on the check, man. Just write it on the check. <laughs> just write it down. In a statement, the McNair ownership group stated this is not an admission of guilt on their part. <laughs> really? What say you on that? Uh, jeez. I mean... Uh, as, as for us, I know the Texans were not being investigated, right? As far as I know, right? The Texans were not being investigated. So why come out of nowhere and offer these women money? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see the NFL push. I don't see the NFL punishing the Texans at all. But this certainly seems like an admission of guilt to me. Um, you must know the inner workings of your team, and you must know that you're at fault in some in some way. And you're jump you're jumping in on people that he hasn't even paid. Watson hasn't even paid out yet. Uh, I think this looks ugly. This looks bad. And the crazy part is they're gonna get away with it. It uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're what's gonna happen. You know, they may not very well get away with it. You know, I'm telling you, dude, they're not. The NFL is not gonna punish the Houston Texans. I'm telling you, it's not gonna happen. We just don't live in. We don't live in a society that is gonna punish the rich team and the rich owner. It's not happening. I don't know, but they need to. They really need to set an, send an example. If they're not going to send the example with the player, they need to send an example with the ownership group who hired the people that provided the NDAs for their supposed stud player to commit these acts. It cannot go Dude, look on, at, on look it. Dude, look at Daniel Snyder right now. My man is chilling on his yacht in like some other country just so he doesn't have to answer a subpoena. You realize that? That he won't appear because he's in international waters, which is why he says, well, I'll do a video conference if you guys want, but we have no jurisdiction on him in bringing him back to the States for this his subpoena in, in the clusterfuck of a problem he has got himself into. Yeah, well, the power of the power of money, man. It's the power of money. Well, the problem is, is that the court of public opinion is going to dictate, or at least should dictate, these things. Like, not on a team, not for a team, for a player, sure, but not for a team. You know, they don't. Most people don't even know who Daniel Snyder is. They know who Deshaun Watson is. The problem with that is that you become callous to it, and then it becomes a situation like Donald Sterling, where it takes a situation where the guy had to be caught on video, yeah, on tape, yeah. saying right. a racial epithet for them to finally get rid of him. You know, right. it, it becomes, yeah. it's a slippery slope. You have the opportunity, if you're the NFL, to really come down on this situation and stand on the side of right. Anything short of that is cowardice. Like when Roger Goodell said he could not initiate the vote to possibly get rid of Daniel Snyder as owner. You have the power to do that. Whether or not the owners are going to do it is another story. You have the power as commissioner. You are put in position by the owners to act in the best interest of the owners. And 
this is very much in the best interest of the owners to come down on the side of right. Because at the end of the day, as much as it is, you know, on coming down the side of right, it's also good PR. We are taking this seriously and we are going to be an inclusive league. We are going to be a female friendly league and we are going to be, you know, we are going to deal equitably in these matters. Anything else, it just seems like cowardice and it just, it just smells. Frankly, it just smells. And we're going to see what's going to happen with the Sean Watson thing because arbitrator is going to come down soon. We're going to see what, we're going to see what the punishment is. It's yeah, going to be negotiated. Yeah. Yeah, it's he's gonna he's gonna appeal. He's not gonna just take it. You know? Yeah, no, he, he can't just take it. And, and he's not he's not going to. Because if he does, then you know, that's another tacit admission of guilt. So every, everybody wants plausible deniability, everybody wants protection, and frankly, nobody in this instance, nobody deserves anything. You deserve the punishment that you're gonna get you are absolutely you're enabling and you are furthering the misguided relationship between the nfl and female fans and women in general and you need to clean that up if not on the whole as a league on the micro level as a team you definitely should be looking at Is your hair thinning or is your hairline receding? Scalp micropigmentation will fill in the areas where your hair is missing by creating a short fuzz cut look. Micropigmentation is a non-invasive procedure that will create the illusion of hair follicles for seven to 10 years. For people with alopecia, this could be a permanent fix. For people with scars on their scalp, this is a great way to camouflage a scar. Don't lose confidence or feel like you need to wear a hat wherever you go. Marquez Studio is located in the Bronx and is open for all your scalp micropigmentation needs. Consultations are free and appointments can be made any day of the week. Get your hairline back with scalp micropigmentation. The Texas Marquez Studio have over 30 years of haircutting experience and can assist you with all of your questions. Call to schedule a consultation today, 646-221-8728. You can also visit them on Instagram at Bronx Marquez to see their gallery and view all their satisfied customers. Again, that is Marquez Studio, located in the Bronx, New York, 646-221-8728. Speaking of interesting takes, a lot of interesting stuff coming out of Minnesota lately. Some delusional, some seemingly within the realm of reason. Former linebacker Ben Lieber recently told Pro Football Talk that Coach Mike Zimmer hated Kirk Cousins. And now that Kevin O'Connell is there and and, uh, Zimmer is gone, Kirk Cousins will finally be able to win a Super Bowl. On the other side of this argument, in a different stratosphere altogether, wideout Justin Jefferson said in an interview that uh, while Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, Jefferson will catch him as soon as next year. 
Which is the more delusional take? Liebers or Jefferson's? Liebers is so is so odd, right? It's because, you know, their head coach fought to get Case Keenum out of town to bring in Kirk Cousins. So I I find it hard to believe that he felt this way. Um you know, personally, I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the game, followed by Adams and your favorite wide receiver, Tariq Hill. Um, I think Jefferson can catch Adams. I do like Kirk Cousins. I think he will have an MVP caliber year. I really do. I mean, if not now, then when, right? Um, but there's just too many teams for them to surpass to win a Super Bowl. So I would go with the whole Kirk Cousins winning, getting and winning a Super Bowl as the, the more delusional take. I concur with that statement just from the simple fact that we've seen Kirk Cousins, Mr. 8-8, eight eight, like perennial, perennial 500. The best thing that happened was that they put the 17th week in. You know, they put the 17th game in. He can't go 500 anymore. So you're looking at a career, right? 223 touchdowns, 32,000 yards, perennially meh. It's, you know, 8 and 8, 7 and 9, 10 and 5, 8, 7 and 1, 7 and 9, 8, 7 and 1, 9 and 7. Like, that's mediocre. That's mediocre. That is Kirk Cousins right there. And he keeps parlaying it into fantastic contracts, right? Extensions. We know who Kirk Cousins is. I'm sorry. Don't gaslight me. Kirk Cousins looks great on paper, but he does just enough to get you beat. That is what Kirk Cousins does. Kirk Cousins is Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers was just good enough to get you beat. Justin Jefferson, on the other hand, he's a stud. He's a legit a legit wideout. There was a statistic. Uh, most yard, uh, I forget most yards in his first two seasons in the NFL. He's at the he's at or near the top. Like that's impressive. He has three thousand yards already for his career. He has seventeen touchdowns. You know, Justin Jefferson has the ability to eclipse Devontae Adams. We can debate who the best wide receiver in the league is. Like, is it Tyreek Hill? Is it DK Metcalf? Is it, you know... Certainly not DK Metcalf. Is it Odell Beckham Jr.? That guy's still in the league. Well, he is. He's a free agent. Is it CD? I mean, you have have many options. Justin Jefferson is certainly one of them. And because of his age, and because of his ability level... I didn't even mention Stephon Diggs. Like, I could put Stephon Diggs in that that category. Isn't it crazy that, you know, Stephon Diggs is in such high regard... And the Minnesota Timberwolves, I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Minnesota Vikings traded Diggs to Buffalo, and with the pick, they went and got Justin Jefferson. Isn't that, right. How great is that? What a That's nice, fantastic. savvy move by the, by the Vikings there. That's a great job by the Vikings, and while the Vikings are clutching to Justin Jefferson with all their might, hoping that Dalvin Cook actually doesn't get hurt again, you know, Steph, Stephon Diggs might be... Uh, ready to go to the next level with Josh Allen they might end up actually in the Super Bowl this year so we're going to see where they end up but Justin Jefferson seems to be the goods and you know that definitely that's more within the realm of reason Kirk Cousins 
don't get me started on Kirk Cousins. Like, I understand that we're all about parlaying our talents into major contracts. And fantastic. You did a great job. But you cannot within... You cannot with any degree of honesty tell me that Kirk Cousins is a top-tier quarterback. Like, we know what good quarterback play looks like. Rodgers, Brady, Big Ben for a while. Mahomes. Big Ben for a while, he says. <laughs> Big, ben, Big Ben for a while before he got banged up. Mahomes. Does Kirk Cousins look like that? Does he resemble any of that? No. Uh, no. You know, it's it's tough, right? It's tough because of his his style of play. Like, I when I look at Kirk Cousins, he's like to me, he's like the 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 early Brady, right? The the Brady's early years. Like he's going to he's going to control the pace of the game and he's not going to turn it over. You know, that's that's the way I look at him. He's not dynamic. Um, he could make the throws. He benefits from a good running game. Uh, but no, he's, I don't think he's, I definitely don't think he's top 10. He's the highest paid game manager in the history of football. Would you, would you agree with that statement? Uh, highest paid game manager in the history. In the, you're saying in the history of football? In the history of football, the highest paid game manager. Possibly, could possibly, yeah, sure. I could go. I can get on board with that. He's top fifteen, right? Top fifteen. There's only, yeah. <laughs> he's, better, he's better than half of the league. Right, right he's, he's in the middle of the pack. He'll be. I'm 15 taking, or I'm taking Kirk Cousins over to, uh, right? Well, yeah. No, I'm taking him over Justin Fields. I just don't know what Justin Fields is going to be. Um, take him over Jones. Taking him. Oh, here's a good one. Were you taking you taking Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan? Well, that's that's a different thing altogether. Because yeah, am, I ta- am I taking am I am I taking him? Am I taking Matt Ryan on the Colts, or am I taking Kirk Cousins on the Vikings, or am I taking straight Matt up? Ryan? No, straight it's up? straight. It's straight up, man. It's like, yo, you, we we need to we need a quarterback. These are the two guys who are available. Who are you taking? I'm taking Kirk Cousins because he's younger. But that's the only reason why. That's the only reason why. Maddie Ice Cold and Kirk Cousins are cut from the same cloth. Good enough to get you beat. Look, just look at the Super Bowl. Cousins. Just look at the Super Bowl. Twenty-eight to three. Good enough to yeah. get you beat. I think he's. I think you're taking Cousins over half of the week. I think you're taking him like. I mean, I'm just listing guys at the bottom of the barrel here. I mean, Baker, Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence. No, see, Trevor's got tremendous upside, right? He, tremendous upside. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna take Trevor because he, athleticism and tremendous upside. Right, but we're Mar- talking about right now. We're talking about yeah, right, right yes, now. Yes, not, yes, not, right, five, not five. Not five. Yes. Now. We're right about now. now, I I want Trevor Lawrence over Kirk Cousins. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Davis Mills. I mean, come on. Yeah. Carson Wentz. I got one Dan- for you. Daniel I got one Jones, Jared Goff, Zach Wilson. These are these are the bottom half of the league. I got Ryan one Tannehill. for you. I got it. Derek yeah. Carr. Are you taking Derek Carr? Or are you taking? Yeah, I'm Kirk taking Cousins? Derek Carr. I'm taking Derek Carr. Wow. Yeah, I'm taking Derek Carr. That's a big admission from you. I know you're not the biggest Derek Carr fan. Whoa. I'm not. I'm not. He might be playing on my fantasy team this year. <laughs>
For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service, quality products, and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Well, you know who else is playing in a semi-fantasy? LeBron James and DeMar DeRozan. They lit up the Drew League this past weekend. For those of you who don't know, it's a mixture of pro and semi-pro basketball players. And LeBron and DeRozan put up a show. One player, noticeably absent, was Kyrie Irving. Shocker. I know. Despite his apparent commitment to playing in the Drew League, Kyrie was a no-show. At this point in the summer, in this point in time, does Kyrie Irving even want to play basketball? Um, you know, I think he does, but he wants to do it on his time and on his terms. Uh, if you think about back to when he played at Duke, he hurt his foot, he never came back. He still was like the number one pick. He did what he wanted to do in Cleveland. LeBron came, they won a chip, and then he decided he wanted to leave. Went to Boston, they were really good, wanted to leave. Like he he's doing it on his time, but this is the new type of NBA player. They play when they want, and winning is secondary to money and headlines. You know, we think about think think about like the last twenty years, or think about maybe even just the last twelve. You know, with your big threes, right? You have uh, Pierce, Garnett, and Allen. They all wanted to win, man. Yep. You had, you had Bosch, LeBron, and Wade. They came together to win. Yep. Okay. Then you had Kyrie, Love, and LeBron. Now, they wanted to win. But then after they won, to me, Kyrie and Love didn't care anymore. And, um, I, and I like Kevin Love, but... He had opportunities to leave and go somewhere else and be a player, and he didn't. He decided he wanted to stay in Cleveland because they were going to pay him the most money. Then you have Steph, Clay, Draymond. They keep winning. They want to keep winning. They're, they're, they're into this. And then here we go. We got Durant. He left OKC. He left Golden State after winning two championships, and now he's getting ready to leave Brooklyn. All the teams he left were capable of winning multiple championships. Like they could have, he could have stayed in OKC and they would have competed. He could have stayed in Golden State. They would have won more games. He's more interested in experience, not in winning championships. And now you have Kyrie. Kyrie left Boston. Boston was set, man. There, there was a winning team. Look at they, look at they were knocking on the door ever since he left, getting to the finals this year. Imagine if they actually had a point guard like Kyrie in the finals this year. And, and Marcus Smart could have been the two guard. 
I mean, are we talking about Boston winning championship? So it's just it's just a different it's a different type of basketball player. You know, I was talking to a good friend of mine who was saying that his his daughter plays Division three college basketball, and uh, her trainer he had a conversation with her trainer and. They're like, okay, who who's the best basketball player ever? And her trainer's like LeBron James, and I'm like, and he asked me if I agreed with if I agreed with that. I said I don't because LeBron James is not a killer. Like Michael Jordan was a killer, Larry Bird was a killer, Magic Johnson was a killer, right? LeBron's not a killer. Like he wants to win. He puts a lot of money into his body to win, but he's not Kobe Bryant. He's not like trying to trying to you know take your lunch money and knock you down, right? He's just nope. he's just playing the game and he wants to win, but not to that level. And then all the other guys in the game right now, they're just they're they're not killers. It's not it's about it's about it, it's about their image. They're checking how many how many minutes they're playing, how many games they're playing. It's it's the NBA is a joke. There's one killer right now. Uh, two. I'll give you two. Giannis. I'll give you give me Giannis, right? Like he's a different kind of cat. He's a different kind of cat compared to the rest of these guys. And Steph Curry. Everybody else? No. But there was a great video that I watched. Um, a guy was trying to talk to Ray Allen as to why LeBron James is the best of all time. Was LeBron a good is LeBron a good free throw shooter? No. Is LeBron a good dribbler? No. Is LeBron a good three-point shooter? No. So how the hell is he the greatest of all time? If you just said objectively that he is not good at these these, at these three things, and Michael Jordan was. So for Kyrie, Kyrie's all about Kyrie. You're 100% right about that. Um, they're, they're chasing money. They're not chasing titles. They're, they're chasing lega- the, a legacy... In a way, in terms of paycheck, not legacy in terms of what's going on between the lines. I, I can't say with any degree of certainty without the with the exception of LeBron. Like, I, I don't think Kyrie cares at all about his basketball legacy from a gameplay standpoint. Like Kevin Durant, uh, he was defined by the Golden State move. And I, I don't know at this point, you know. I don't know if he's gonna do that. I don't know if that's his mo, and nobody else is gonna, and nobody else really like measures up. James Harden, John Wall, you know, take a pick, take your pick. But does Kyrie want to play basketball? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And is it going? Is he trying to make it difficult enough that people will just leave him alone? But I think that, it seems like it seems like it's a game to him. It's a game, you know. Even when he was in, even when he was in uh, Boston for the Nets Boston, you know, game, you know, mimicking the fans and hating them on, you know, it's, it's it's all a game to him. Right? Is he? An, he's more of an entertainer, I would say. He's more. Of, it's more about entertainment than athletics. He's the. This generation of player is more about leaning into the entertainment portion of it. They want to get paid like actors. They want to get paid like movie stars. And they're going to be as mercurial as those actors and movie stars. And Kyrie definitely has the paycheck to prove it. And, you know, I honestly don't know. Like, this is a very big year for him. He needs to go and prove... He needs to go and prove that 
he is willing, that he's able, and that he can be a good teammate. Because last year, he was not a good teammate. A good teammate doesn't leave their teammates high and dry. They, they just don't do that. You're, you're, a good teammate doesn't play part-time. That's not what they do. That's not what they do. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Pop Stars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Pop Stars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top notch. Westchester Pop Stars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Pop Stars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Speaking of not what they do, the Indiana Pacers seem to reach a four-year, $144 million agreement with former Sun Center DeAndre Ayton, or so we thought. DeAndre Ayton actually is a restricted free agent, so the Suns were able to match. And with that matching, he's still the property of the Phoenix Suns. Is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal at all? Mm, it's a big deal because this blocks Phoenix from being able to trade DeAndre Ayton until after the January after January fifteenth. You know, it's a big deal because this also puts a freeze on anyone doing business with the Suns until Ayton is available again. Um, I think it was something that they had to do, right? They had to they had to sign this center. He's He's one of the best players in their team. He's a firm, former first-round pick. Uh, but I don't know where Phoenix goes from here because they haven't been able to win with him. So why do they think this year is going to be any different? I mean, it's a great question. It definitely is a great question why they think it'll be any different. You're looking at a 16.3 points. 10 and a half rebounds, 1.6 assists. That is what is going on in DeAndre Ayton land. And last year he was up 17.2 points, hovering around the same rebounds. What I think and what makes this a big deal is that they can't trade him until mid-December. So if there's anything to any of the rumors that they were possibly considering moving Aiton in a trade to bring in Kevin Durant, you're going to have to wait a few months in order to make that happen. So the money is getting there. The money is closer to where you need it to be. But what makes this a problem is now the restriction of time. And, you know, he, he is young enough and he's talented enough that the Nets would certainly want him back in a trade for Durant but uh, we're definitely going to see what is going to happen does this put 
the Suns behind the eight ball? Like, does this does this kind of supersede them making a trade of that caliber? Because yes, you inked Aiton and you can include him in a trade, but you know you now have to wait three months, whereas other teams can put can pull the trigger on this trade much sooner than you. Yeah. Uh, I don't I, I don't know what the Suns' plans are. I don't know what they're thinking. Are they thinking they're just going to try to run this back and for some reason they're going to have better luck this time with an older Chris Paul? Uh, DeAndre Ayton then only got his money because, you know, the Pacers, you know, offered him a deal. Um, and you, you would think you would think the Lakers are cooking something up. I find it hard to believe that they're going to try to run it back with Russ and Anthony Davis. Uh, so you, you gotta wonder what what's the plan here? What are they thinking? Is is he in their future plans, or are they gonna deal him? And if they're gonna deal him, who are they gonna deal him to, and when? You know. And then and then the other part is is then why match the Pacers' offer? Just as just for some, I guess so they don't let him go for nothing. I guess. So it's it's a very odd situation going on in the desert. They really botched the last two years. Because their window, you know, they could have won the championship and then really had, you know, something to play with here. And now they don't. Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder. They bungled, you know, they bungled the finals. They didn't make it back. They had the opportunity to do what they needed to do, and ultimately, like this, this is a move that could seemingly blow up in their face. Um. It remains to be seen what's going to happen if they feel they can run it back. I mean, this is a team that was at the top of the Western Conference. So, you know, maybe they're banking on a fall off from teams like the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies really popped up out of nowhere to finish, you know, number two overall. Are they banking on the fact that (laughs) that the Warriors are a year older and aren't going to be able to repeat? Yeah, good luck with that. Um, are they going to bank on the fact that the Lakers aren't going to be good? I think that's a pretty safe bet. Uh, you know, it's an awful lot of assumptions and it's an awful lot of, you know, hubris on their part that they can stay the same. They can stay presently constituted and other teams are just going to continue to, you know, fall to the wayside. But if they truly believe that they don't need to star hunt and they aren't going to get in the Kevin Durant's uh, sweepstakes, then this is the way to go. And, you know, we'll see what happens, but they better not, they better hope that Durant doesn't come to the Western conference. That's all I'm saying. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates. 
and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. The choice is yours. Swipe left or swipe right. All right, boys and girls, it's an oldie but a goodie. For all you online dating fans out there, we have a statement, and we either swipe left or we swipe right. Swipe left or swipe right on James Harden's return to his 2018-2019 form. I mean, I just don't think it's something you can... I just don't think the skills that he brought to the table a few years ago is something you can turn on and off. Now, he seems to think so, you know, by saying, like, he's hitting the gym and he's getting back to that form and he's going to take a pay cut, you know, he just wants the Sixers to get more competitive and give him whatever's left over. I think his best days are behind him, so I'm swiping left on this one. I'm sli- I'm swiping left as well. You know, he is, he's several years older and he seems to be breaking down more. But when you're looking at that year, right? You're looking at his age 29 year. He averaged 36.8 minutes. You're looking at 7.5 assists, 1.2 steals, eh not great, but where you're looking at points, 36.1 points per That's game. Nuts. That's, That's nuts. That's insane. It's absolutely insane that James Harden was averaging. He averaged, he averaged that for a season. That's wild. Man. And now he's at 21. <laughs> so his game has fallen off that much. Will a full season pairing with Joel Embiid improve that? Because if you look at that 2018-2019 team, you know, you're looking at Melo was there. You had Chris Paul was there. That You had other guys on that team who could make it go. And I don't know if he can get there. It's like, you know, 6'5", 220, he may be 6'5", still. He's certainly not 220. He's definitely looking like a lot bigger. So we're definitely going to see. I really don't think at this point in time that he's going to be a viable, you know, player at that level. So we'll definitely see, but it doesn't look good. Swipe left or swipe right on Jackson Holiday's pro potential. I mean, listen, the Suns, the, the sons of former pros in Major League Baseball have been popping up a lot lately. But the idea of Holiday being as good as Cunha, Soto, or Trout is highly unlikely. So I'm swiping left. And he looks like a girl. <laughs> uh, that was, you know, that was, a epic, that was an epic troll job. 
that uh, somebody posted, you know, the first time in Major League history that a 13-year-old girl was taken with the number one overall pick. You know, I'm not going to stoop to that level. So 6'1", 180, left-handed hitter. Career batting average, 685 in high school. Now, 89 hits, 79 ribbies, an on-base percentage of 752 in 40 games played, right? That ain't the pros. Right. right. Well, no, no, that's not true. I mean, usually you want your high school players to bat over 600. You bat, in, oh, you bat over 600, you got a chance. Right. But chance. at 685, yes, with aluminum bats, with shit pitching, absolutely. Now you're going to see what he's made of. You know, like number one picks don't always go where you're supposed to go. Right. Phil right. Met- right supposed to be can't miss in the same draft class as Derek Jeter. Phil Nevin turned into a fine first baseman slash DH you know bench player not the prolific power hitter that it was supposed to be. Ben McDonald was another guy who was supposed to be can't miss and he missed. You know he became an okay a serviceable player. You know can Jackson Holiday be as good as his dad? Lifetime 299 hitter 316 home runs you know, Matt Holiday was a great player, you know? Can he be as good as that? If he puts in the work, absolutely Matt Hol- uh, Matt Jackson Holiday can do that. You know, he's got a lot to live up to. A lot of players in this draft class have a lot to live up to because you have Drew Jones, right? Your dad is fucking Andrew Jones. You know, you have a lot, you have big shoes to fill. It's, I mean, um, Mark McGuire's kid was taken, I believe, in the third round. Matt? So, uh, Madison, I believe, or Mason, Mason, the one from high school, the older, the older one's still in college, but it's like, you know, what are you supposed to do? Like you have, a, you have big shoes to fill. There's a lot of pressure. We'll see, you know, the, each time you move up a level, the competition gets better. We will see what he becomes, but you know, so he can be a solid pro. He absolutely can be a solid pro, or he can flame out. That's the problem with drafting high school kids. It's one of those things. Like it's a crapshoot. We'll definitely see. But as far as his potential as of right now, I'm swiping left. Swipe left or swipe right. ESPN's the captain is must see TV. This one is especially in there for you. This is such trash. <laughs> just such trash. This guy just won't fucking go away. This, this stupid uh, Players Tribune. Listen, just get out of here with this garbage. I, I, I want, I, if someone's going to do an expose on Derek Jeter, I don't want Derek Jeter to be involved in it. <laughs> then I then I would be more credible, and that would be I mean like the, more of like the Jordan piece. Like I want it to be done, like with him not having kind of any any ties to it, right? And I want real stories, and I want real hard questions. I want to know why that when your whole team was doing steroids, you as the captain never said anything, never stretched anybody straight. I want to know why the captain allowed the best shortstop in maybe the history of baseball to come to the New York Yankees and play third base. These are much more harder questions, and these are much more things I'd rather hear about than 
though his 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 best days as a Yankee. Listen, this guy was never the best player on his team. He played on teams with the highest payroll in baseball in a time when teams weren't spending that much money. He played during the steroid era. He he uh, he never won a regular season MVP. And the last three years in the league, he was the worst shortstop in the league. So that's my whole spin. I'm swiping left. I'm turning it off. I don't give a shit. I'm swiping right for the for the simple standpoint that I watched Man in the Arena and I was entertained by Man in the Arena, and it is no different than a Tom Brady puff piece. Like that was very much a Tom Brady. But puff Tom piece. Brady was good. This guy was not. This, I mean, wait. Tom Brady was great. Let's put it that way. Tom Brady was great. This guy is good. Anybody could have played shortstop during those years and won all those championships. But they no? didn't. No, but they didn't. But they didn't. That's the thing. It's true. Just look. If everybody could have, they would have, but they didn't. So, as far as what I'm looking for in this, I'm looking for the inner workings of the locker room. Like you said, I'm looking for the stuff that did not front page headlines. I'm looking for relationships that we didn't know about. We knew about Gerald Williams, the late Gerald Williams, how he kind of befriended him. I want to see more of that. I want to see more of that of Derek Jeter, the person, right? Because we saw Derek Jeter, the player. I definitely want to see more of, of that. I want to see what it was. Now, the Hollywood Reporter was very direct in its, you know, let's just say displeasure with the captain. They called it bland and bloated. <laughs> bland and bloated. Sounds like him. So, I mean, we will see what it is. It was episode one. You're dealing with him as a, a minor leaguer as a kid. So, we will definitely kind of see where it goes and where it opens up. You know, I'm interested from the same point that I was from the same standpoint that I was interested in the Tom Brady piece. Now, Jonathan Papelbon already came out and slagged Jeter, saying that uh, he's waiting for the captain, the real captain, to have his documentary. You know, one Jason Veritek. Well, that would probably be more boring than the Derek Jeter one. Like, you know, what did Jason Veritek do outside of play baseball? Right? We were looking for personality. Right, Brady's a personality. Jeter has a personality. Like he was a playboy, like the the gift basket. That is stuff that you know, stuff of legend. Jason Veritek might be as bland as your morning oatmeal. So, Papelbon needs to go get no needs to go get back to being choked by Bryce Harper. Yeah, I was about to say this guy got choked out by Bryce. The guy Harper got got choked out by Bryce Harper. So you know, keep Derek Jeter's name out your mouth, Papelbon. Keep your name. Keep his name out your mouth. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. 
These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. We put up a poll on our Twitter page at FadeRouteENZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. The winner gets the coveted-ass trophy and gets announced on this here program. And, D, do you know who won the ass last week? I don't. One Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon for his dalliances and his hush money and his NDAs. But that was last week. This is this week. Who were your nominees for the Legend Superstar of the uh, Week Award? I've got some, yeah, I've got some great ones this week. First up, Mr. Ben Affleck. Marrying Jennifer Lopez for the second time. Ben, you had Jennifer Gardner, who who has the most beautiful smile in all of Hollywood. And you're deciding to go around with Jenny from the block again. A uh, couple more rings, she's going to have as many as Tom does. <laughs> ben Affleck, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Tiger Woods calling out live golfers for ditching the pga tiger mind your business are you gonna start paying these guys i still don't know how tiger woods is good news i just don't I just go away another guy needs to go away you're not relevant anymore tiger woods you are my alleged superstar of the week and last and certainly a repeat offender on this damn show rob banford the home run derby will decide the all-star game if a tie, if there's a tie after nine innings, how about it just ends in a tie, Rob? It's an exhibition game. Who really gives a shit who wins the All-Star game? This guy thinks he's the commissioner of Barlow and Bailey Circus. I swear to God. Just, just stop. Just please stop. Rob Manford, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Z? Well, we could go back to when the game ended in a tie and Bud Selig then announced that the winner of the game would get home field advantage in the World Series. We can put some stakes on it. Like, how how about that? Let's go back to that. That was fun. Rob Manfred, you clueless putts. You're on my list, too, for a different reason. For coming out and saying that minor league baseball players are being paid a wage. Are you out of your goddamn mind? It's like, like two ninety a week, isn't it? it it's like three hundred like bucks. It's like three hundred bucks a week. Like Steve Mnuchin, wrong. You are Steve Mnuchin, wrong on that. <laughs> Check and Rob Manfred makes seventeen million a year, right? right? Bro, I teach algebra for a living. Go back and check your math, cause you're a little off. Rob Manfred, you gotta you, carry the one. You gotta carry several ones. Rob Manfred, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Major League Baseball, now you're on. Not just the putts that runs it, the whole entity, for agreeing to have sponsorship deals on your jerseys. Enough. Enough. You are ruining the game that I love. It's not, it's bad enough that everything is fucking sponsored, right? The throw to the throw over to first base, the mound visit is sponsored. Every piece of real estate on the wall 
has an ad. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure there's the official toilet paper of the New York Yankees. We just don't know it yet. <laughs> Charmin, the quicker picture. You know, there it's much softer. It's much softer on Bounty is the quicker picker up or That's we don't want right. to get sued. That's right. We don't want to get sued. Char you know. For Charmin is great when Garrett Cole shits the bed. Like we'll just you know. <laughs> That's a good one. I like it. But that's you know, it's it's unnecessary and you're ruining the game. Again. Major League Baseball, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, the Washington Nationals. For first leaking the story about Juan Soto, which is fine. Like whatever. Like this is part of negotiation. You get you try and get your fans on your side. But then when he decides to go to the home run derby, you don't charter him a plane, he flies commercial. That's some quality spite work. That is some quality pettiness. I am here for it. But you can't do that. Washington Nationals, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go and vote on our Twitter poll ASAP. And for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com Order up! All right, ladies and gentlemen, our NFL division preview continues tonight as we order up. Order up, order up. The AFC West. From four to one. Who you got, D? Man, I got a surprise for you in this one. I have. I just don't think they did enough this offseason. You know, they're asking for Juju to fill some big shoes. They're asking Juju to beat Tyree Kill. Clyde Edward Hilaire has not lived up to his hype, even though they went to the Super Bowl the first year he was there. Um, the Honey Badger's gone. There's no Anthony Hitchens. There's no pass rush. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see how this team is going to contend, contend with the other teams in the division. And they, they can be last or the next team, the Broncos. You know, I think they're going to start hot. And I mean, really red hot. I want to say like eight and two, nine and two. But then they're going to fizzle out. People are going to catch up to Russ and company. And I actually think Javante Williams is going to have a really good year. He might actually lead the league in rushing. But I have the Broncos at three. At number two, I have the Raiders. I just think with Josh McDaniels, um, he's got his quarterback. He's got two good running backs. He's got a tight end. He's got two good receivers. He 
got, you know, he's going to have his Renfro, which is like his Edelman type, and he's going to have his Devontae Adams, could be his like Randy Moss type. I think their their defense is going to be can is going to be decent. I'm pretty sure they have Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure they went and got um I'm pretty sure they went and got him. So I got the Raiders at two and number one. I think this is the Chargers' year. I mean, her. I think Herbert wins the MVP, leads the league in touchdown passes. They compete for a title, and I think what they they went and got Khalil Mack. They got Camille Mack and Joey Bosa coming off the edges, man. Yeah. I just they're gonna come after the quarterback. Um, and I just think it just yeah, I think they're gonna hurt people. So that's 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 what I got pretty close we are pretty close on this i'm not going to lie and say that we're so miles apart number four i'm going to take the broncos just because i've seen the russell wilson show like hot start and then when they let russ cook remember that phrase ladies and gentlemen let russ cook that's when you know the shit was going south and you had some spoiled meat so he's out of excuses Right, You have Javante Williams, you have Jerry Judy, you have weapons, you have a good defense, you have the ability. This is Russell Wilson. Like Russell Wilson needs to prove that he is the guy that he says he is and that we think he is. And I'm not sure he's there yet. Third place, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. That yeah, yeah. you know, Travis Kelsey is still there, Edwards Alaire is still there, Andy Reid is still there, Patrick Mahomes is still there. The defense is always a question mark. Is Juju good enough? Do they bring in Odell Beckham? Do they bring in Julio Jones? Like Those are difference makers. Losing Tyreek Hill, tra- excuse me, not losing, trading Tyreek Hill could end up biting them in the ass, but we will see. But as of right now, I don't think they're talented enough to get over the hump. Second place, I also have the Raiders. I think... I think that Devontae Adams is a great addition. Derek Carr is going to play his ass off. He's got Darren Waller. He's got Josh Jacobs. They have players. You know, they have, this is the team, right? This is the time. And they got there last year. They need to get there again and cement their legacy. Josh McDaniels has to prove to us that he's a good football coach and that Denver is in the past. What once happened is no longer we will see because Rich Basaccia deserved that job with what he did and they the the Raiders did him dirty anything less than the playoffs and Rich Basaccia looks great and number one I agree with you it is the Los Angeles Chargers there is absolutely no reason that they should not run away with this division except for the fact that their coach is going to fuck it up at least twice Brandon Staley, I hope you've learned your lesson from last year because you cost your team at least two games with your being too cute bullshit. You're not Sean McVay. Get your head out of your ass. You are not Sean McVay. You once made him a sandwich. That is where your comparison with Sean McVay ends. So get out of your player's way. You have studs on the offense, studs on the defense. There is no reason that this team should not in the playoffs. This has been the Fade Route with DNC. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, Spotify, 
Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.